welcome to episode 110 of the Business of Making podcast. Today we're talking about creativity and ideas and what do you do when you feel like you're running dry, when you feel like you're struggling to come up with ideas, you feel like you're lacking in creativity. What do you do to cope with that and how do you move past it? We have all experienced that and we are sharing our own experiences with that situation and some of the ways we've used to cope with that and work with that in today's episode. So let's get to it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvis, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. I am Jess and I'm here with my co-host Mick. Hello. And Deb. Bonjour. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about creativity and ideas and when you run out of them or you feel like you have run out of them. Hands up who can relate to that. See all the wave of hands. Yes. <laughs> driving, maybe not, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so something we're all very intimately familiar with, and I think most of you listening will also be, you know, there's that period in your business where it's all the ideas are flowing and it's the beginning and it's all exciting. And then at some stage, you will hit that wall where suddenly you feel like your inspiration's dried up or you can't think of a new idea or you're not feeling creative. And I think people freak out at that stage. So we're going to, we're going to take you through that period and go, you know, there's no reason to freak out. It's normal. Let's let's discuss it. But before we do, I want to just give a few shout outs to some lovely reviews we have gotten. This one from Indie Jewels 317, five stars, titled Perfection. That's pretty special. Deb, Jess, and Michaela bring the perfect mix of knowledge, skills, experience, personality, wit, and humor, all wrapped into one wonderful podcast. Just finished listening to episodes 101 and 102 and pricing. So informative and helpful. That is so lovely. Thank you, Jules. Okay. Oh, <laughs> And one other one, they really want us to succeed from Marik. These ladies have so much knowledge and they share it in a way that is realistic, practical, and with no false intentions. Thank you for taking the time and for being willing to share your experience. You're welcome. Thank you for leaving that amazing review. Yes. And if you too would like to leave an amazing review, because, you know, five-star review, don't worry about leaving any other review. (laughs) (laughs) You can do so usually on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called these days. Or over on our actual Facebook page, you can also leave reviews there. So Business and Making on Facebook, you can leave us a review over yonder as well. And we love reading those and it makes us very happy because we know that we're helping people and that's the whole point of this really, isn't it? Okay, so let's get started with this. This happened to me, met like 10 years ago for the first time. I think probably two years after I kind of got into business, I got to this point where I sort of burnt out creatively. And I felt like I'd run out of ideas. How about you two? I'm just trying to think. I don't know. I mean, constantly being in the line of work that I'm in, I'm seeing other people's creativity all the time and I feel like I don't have time to foster my own, which is really frustrating, but I haven't really had that I can recall, which I'm sure I have, but I haven't really had that like, oh, I have no ideas. Like I'm often swamped by ideas and it's like overwhelming but the frustration is not actually being able to like do anything about it. That's mm. how I'm feeling for the last sort of like 12 to 18 to 24 months. So it's hard for me to 
remember <laughs> the times when I'd be like, oh, that's actually something that's happened. How about you, Deb? So, I mean, Michaela's saying that she feels like she's got too many ideas but no time to implement the ideas. And I was saying that I ran, felt like I ran out of ideas. Yeah, I my problem is more often that it's like I'm demanding myself to make to have an idea from Monday to two to four because that's the only time where I live and yeah. the rest of the time I've got stuff to do. So like I have a block of time where it's like write this new content or do this thing mm-hmm. and my brain is like, well, I don't feel like it right now. Like yeah. I just can't, can't force me. And so it's extremely <laughs> infuriating. And then there's the opposite, which is you have all these ideas when you don't have time to do them because you're busy doing other things. So to me, it's like a scheduling thing I'm like can you please be on time <laughs> well this is really interesting because I I mean I've what has it been 12 13 years now I'm these days I'm actually a firm believer in professionals make it happen like I don't rely on inspiration I don't expect an idea to just come for me I literally sit down and go okay it's time to come up with an idea now I think it's both like you'll have ideas just generally they'll pop up into your head you'll have random inspiration because that's just how brains work so the key with that is capturing those ideas somewhere that you can come back to them later so you don't forget about them, right? Mm. So I have a capturing tool that I've developed to capture those ideas. And then the flip side of that is because I create content every single week of the year pretty much, I guess there's two separate things here. There's my jewellery designing, like the creativity for that, and then there's the creativity for creating the content I do for Create and Thrive. I think they're sort of different types of creativity in a way. Definitely. like they. They kind of work in my brain differently. And that, I think that's the same for everybody. And I think the word creativity is being co-opted by so many different, not co-opted, that's the wrong way to say it, but creativity mm. means a lot of different things. Mm. And I think inspiration is not creativity. I think they're two different things. Mm. Creativity to me is problem solving. Yeah. So it's not artistic ability and inspiration, which I think is different. So like you say, when you have these like sparks of insight that hit you in the middle of the night. It's because, you know, your neurons in your brain are connecting disparate ideas that are bringing them together and creating that insight. Mm -hmm. And that's when you do need some sort of way to capture those because then coupled with some sort of a problem, that's where you bring in your creativity to problem solve. So I think if we're talking about like what do you do when you run out of ideas, I think that's fine. Like you don't need to have a million ideas, mm. especially if we're talking about running a business and being creative in your business in like creating content, like coming up with graphics or words to go along with that or product descriptions or anything like that. I think it's more that problem-solving thing that we need to mm. tap into more than having those amazing inspirational sparks of insight that come into our brains. So if you think of creativity as problem solving, really you just need to start with like what is the problem? Like what is the problem that you're trying to solve and going from there and that's when you can sort of tap into your wherever you've captured those sparky, insighty type things to see if anything there can like help with that problem solving process. Well, this is really interesting because I think this taps into this idea of art versus design. Mm. Um, like in my brain, art is very different to design. Like I feel like I'm a design, I feel like myself as a designer more than an artist, right? Mm-hmm. I think that design is beauty plus function. Mm-hmm. I'm designing something that has a use in the world, like an actual function in the world, my jewelry. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, again, when it comes to my videos and my podcast, that's the same thing. It's design. I, I'm creating something that has a function in the world. I'm t- 
teaching. And so I'm creating content that is meant to teach somebody something useful. Mm-hmm. And then to me, like pure art, it doesn't really have purpose other than telling a story or evoking emotion or transmitting this, the emotional story of the artist across. I think, yeah, I think to me, art just literally exists to influence your emotions. That's mm. the only reason it exists. And I, I know think, people would argue with me about that. Oh, well, you know, art's whatever it is to each and every person. But I think the trick here is that for the people who are running businesses who are artists, that's where mm. the trick is because it's like, mm. well, I, have you run out of ideas for creating your actual products, for creating your pieces of art? because that's an issue, or Mm. is it just that you're designing something and going through that process and designing the the next collection or whatever, where is it? Again, going back to what's the problem, like where is it that you're feeling that you're stuck and that you're not getting your ideas and you're not having that creativity? I think defining what the problem is is going to be so much more helpful. We've had episodes before where we've talked about how to get motivation back and what to do when you've run out of ideas to try and get more creative artistically as in doing your creative hobbies or whatever that might be but I guess we're trying to touch onto a slightly different or are we I don't even know but Mm. (laughs) I think we are touching on something slightly different yeah yeah if we like go back to what you were saying Jess I think this previous episode that we did was more about ideas within the realm of like art and more your products and what to do to really get that going when you don't Mm. feel like it don't feel like you have any idea and how to get Mm. that back this is more about creativity in the sense of like problem solving, I think. And so like <laughs> design as you would define it, Jess. Yeah. And I think for me, an element of that, what you were saying is that it's rare you actually don't have any ideas. Like if you can turn your brain off, you need to talk to us about how to meditate because like that's really hard. So usually your brain is constantly giving you new ideas. But if you're thinking that then you don't have any, it's more that your filter is tuned up differently. So you're essentially just putting them in the not good enough category. So you're like, that's not even an idea that I'm going to consider. And you're just kind of like pushing them away before you really had time to like get them done on paper and go, okay, why is that a bad idea? <laughs> you know, I know because I do that sometimes myself. I'm like, well, I don't have any ideas. And then it's like, well, actually that's not true. I just have had like 15 bad ideas in the last one hour. And so I'm really frustrated with myself, but it's like you go through that process to find the good one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of that filtering that maybe needs to be tweaked when that happens so that you can actually like let some better ideas through. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. it's like when you're writing, you shouldn't edit while you write because mm, yeah. then you stop the actual flow of the creative process coming mm-hmm. through you because it's using a different part of your brain. It's literally a different process. Like the writing is different to the editing. But you're basically trying to write ideas, but you're editing them before you can write them down or get them out. Mm -hmm. So you're blocking the the creativity, the the connection, the problem-solving part of your brain, which just wants to go boom, 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 and just get it all out and then worry about picking up what's the good stuff. Hey there, makers. If you need to figure out what pain point your product solves, you can check out our 5 Wise Technique download. The five wise technique is a great way to go beyond the superficial reasons a customer makes a purchase and find out their deeper motivations. You can download this and a bunch of other cool stuff at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. It's all one word, get freebies. Good luck. I'm going to have to get all of my students to listen to this because we go through this at the start, you know, they come in from high school and they just want to do one logo. And they're going to get one logo down and they're going to ride that logo to the end like until it's due. And we're like, no, you have to get all these ideas out because you have to go through all the bad ones to mm-hmm. get to the good one. 
And even if they are all bad, again, they could spark some insight into some other better idea, especially when you put your brain together with someone else's, Mm. which I think is something that's really important too. And I think it's hard for a lot of us who are probably a bit siloed and um, working quite solitary, working from home and working on your own business. It's really important to run your ideas past someone that you trust and someone that doesn't necessarily just hype you up all the time because that's also can be unhelpful sometimes. But like just knocking ideas around and then they might just say one word or two words that makes you go, oh, my bad idea that I had 15 minutes ago actually could be slightly pivoted and turn into the best idea I've had. So I think that's really important too to knock it around a bit. Ideas are meant to be like beaten around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not perfect the first time necessarily. With me, like I'll think about jewellery designing for a minute. Mm. that specific type of creativity you know I'll literally go okay sometimes I'll just have an idea and I'll be like oh I really want to try that and other times I'll literally sit down with my sketchbook and go okay I want to make another one of this sort of earring and I'll just start drawing shapes and then one shape I'll be like oh there's something I like about that shape let's try it but alter this bit and so you kind of it's iterating you Mm -hmm. know it's it which is what you're talking about Mm -hmm. is iterating your design process to get to the final product Mm. and that's that's a natural and normal part of the process like you can't expect to get it perfect the first time and that can be applied (laughs) to everything it's not just if you're designing your pro like product it can be to your like advertising copywriting you know like Mm. you write two paragraphs and then you realize that it should only be one paragraph and then you edit it down and you try it and then you test it because it doesn't work and then you change one part of it you know so Mm -hmm. it's the same process that could be applied to almost every part of your business, really. Which is the creativity process, the problem-solving mm. process. Yeah. I really like what you said there about the whole idea of creativity being a problem-solving mm-hmm. exercise. Like I think so many people get stuck in this idea that creativity is based on magical inspiration. Mm. Unless I get the magical inspiration that hits me out of the blue like a lightning bolt from the sky, you know, that's mm. that only valuable type of creativity or that's the only way to be an artist and it's just not true. Like really successful artists, writers, designers, they work at it. You know, they iterate, yeah. they experiment, they fail. A but lot. it also they, is not coming yeah. from nowhere, right? No, like if you just sit down in a blank room with a sheet of paper, you're not going to get anywhere because you're always drawing on your own memories and experiences mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. So again, this can be expanded out into so many different areas. Like if you're feeling really overwhelmed and cluttered and you guys can see my background here where I have all my <laughs> shit everywhere because my room's really messy. Like you need to curate that and you need to curate the space that you're in to be inspirational. And when you are coming up with products or when you are trying to come up with copy or when you are trying to come up with whatever it is in your business, you need to research. That is how you fill up your brain with things that it can then make the connections between. You can't mm. just start from a blank slate. That never ever works and just teaching my kids how to draw they're like trying to draw out of their brain I'm like no you need a reference image like you need, you know <laughs> even the best artists have a reference image that they're painting from so mm-hmm. I think we need to keep that in mind too when we're feeling a bit flat or a bit like we don't have our ideas or whatever curate your own experience of that creative process as well and put constraints on it mm. we were mentioning this briefly before we started recording I think constraints are the most powerful tool in yeah. your creativity toolbox. And like, let's relate this to handmade business. What happens when people are starting their handmade business? They make jewellery. They knit stuff. 
they've got so many different crafts or so many different types of products. And they're like, I don't know what to sell. I don't know what I should be focusing on because it's a hobby. They're scattered. They're experimenting with lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And that's good. That's normal. But what you'll find over time and what you want to be doing is niching down, putting constraints upon yourself so that you can turn your hobby into an actual business, a thing that exists that has a purpose to it. Mm. Like it has a feel, it has a brand, it has a purpose, it has a function. Your thing that you make becomes known, you become known for that type of thing. And I think a lot of people go through that phase while they're running their business. Mm. I think a lot of people who go through training to be artists or designers, they get all that out when they're doing through their training. They get to play with a lot of that stuff. And then they seem to burst onto the scene, fully formed. They've got this beautiful aesthetic to their design style. It seems already set in stone. Everything seems beautiful. And you're like, because they've done all the work beforehand. Mm, a lot of yeah. us haven't done that work. We're doing it sort of as we get, as we go. Yeah. And that's fine. Like we all have to go through that process. You're not going to just amazingly land on the perfect thing. Well, very few people are going to amazingly land on the perfect thing to start with. Mm, it's and it's a an ongoing process. process. Yeah, yeah, developmental process. And it's ongoing. It's not like, and we've said this multiple times in all different episodes, it's not like you go through all of that training and then you've arrived and you're here <laughs> and you're in a successful business. Like that's not how it works. It's a continual thing where you're always learning new things because also the industry is changing very quickly. Everything is changing so quickly. Online marketing changes what? daily you know like it's not it's not like whatever you were doing a couple of years ago you might be able to still do now no it's all different so it's constantly evolving and moving and changing and so do you you have to keep up with it I think it really comes down to asking yourself like what is it you're trying to be creative about like what is it you want to do whether it's a product like product design like you're saying you're sketching things or you're trying to problem solve in your business like if you start with that just a blank piece of paper you're definitely not going to get anywhere because your brain doesn't know where to direct its energy like it's like what do you want me to solve versus getting to paper like whether you're sketching and it's like okay I need a new design for these earrings but I'm going to ask myself like I'm going to put some constraint and go this is going to have to be triangular in shape because that's a collection that's going to work with that or there's going to be a floral like floral element to this collection so I need to incorporate that there needs to be some sort of boundary and then your brain can stop all the noise and focus just on that Mm. and then Mm. the more businessy marketing part of things it's like what is it you're actually trying to do Mm. you have to write yourself a brief really I love how designing this is getting I'm like yes I'm in my element (laughs) write yourself a brief list out all the specifications all of that and what you were saying just about like artists who have been trained usually they arrived because they had a teacher that was like this is your brief Mm -hmm. this Double constraint. And so they know how to work under that. And before they start every project, they have a brief for themselves. So like this mm. is the direction for this collection. What is it called? Actually, there's a name when you have like a a little collection exponent, like a little art exponent. Oh man. Like an artist statement sort of thing? No. Ah, maybe you could come back. Maybe it won't. <laughs> But that you use in English too. And my brain is like not sure whether it's English or French. So I think I'm like frozen in the middle right now. <laughs> but essentially, it's something that you write down to explain what this art that you're creating is about. Like, what's mm-hmm. the brief, like, essentially? Mm-hmm. And I think it's super important. And that's why they arrive. That's how they find their style. There's definitely some stuff that you create in art school that you would probably hate because you didn't like the brief, but at <laughs> least you learn how to like work with that. Yeah. And 
same in business. Like I always start with what is it we're trying to do? And if, because if you don't know, you're going to go into like a million direction and no problem is going to get solved. You're going to want to solve a problem and like arrive at a solution that solves another one that you discovered mm-hmm. in the way, like scattered, <laughs> not going to work. Do you think yeah. of rational, Deb? Yes, rational. Yes. <laughs> that is the Same word. word. <laughs> Same word, just with a different accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mick. That makes me. Because <laughs> you know what was going to happen? This was going to stay with me. And like in the car driving two weeks from now, I would have like. I'm like, I'm going to save you from your misery because you wake up before I am. Ah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then you're like, damn it, I sounded stupid on that podcast. And now I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the business of making podcasts? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a special secret podcast episode available only to our Platinum patrons. Just head over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. To give an insight into like my creative process, say um, planning videos or podcasts, right? I actually like to set aside time, a chunk of time to do it. So in the past few years, I've actually been taking a month off from creating to actually plan because I find that if I sit down, I can do like six months worth of planning in a week or something because that's all I'm focused on. My brain is in creative mode, you know, Mm -hmm. not the production, Mm -hmm. but the creative part of the. And what I do is I go back and look at what I've done previously. Mm. I'm like, okay, what is the content I've done in the past? How can I niche down from that? Or have I, is there a gap in what I've created? Look, you can build upon what you've done previously and you can do the same thing in your handmade business. Like look at your, look at your range, look at what you're offering. Is there a gap? in what you're offering to your customers? Is there a, a type of product that people have asked you for? Is there something that someone has mentioned, oh, this would be great if you had this version of it or something like that? Like look for the gaps in what you've already created or the, you know, how could I tweak a product slightly to make something new from something I already have? Those can sometimes be the most successful things because you're actually following what's already working and what people are asking for as well. Yeah. Like the best products I've ever come up with have generally been because I've either gone, well, this one's selling really well. What if I make a slightly altered version or someone has, you know, suggested something to me and gone, oh, what if, you know, I'd love to see it if you had this. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's try that. And then, you know, then I've created <laughs> it. So I'm kind of following what people are asking for really. Mm, yeah. That's good. Again, like, Banging those ideas around between multiple brains. Mm. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. And if you have, hopefully you have a creative colleague or one or more that you can do this with, ideally in person, but obviously the internet these days is fun. If you're in one of our communities, you know, mm. take those ideas to those communities and ask for feedback on them. You know, whenever somebody does that in one of my courses, one of my groups, it's, it's amazing. You know, just seeing someone else's fresh perspective can be really, really helpful. And maybe other people can see something that you couldn't see. Mm. So we've got creativity. We had constraints. There was another C word in there. What was it that you were saying a lot, Michaela? Oh, creativity. Not collaboration, but you can also do that. Collaboration's a good one. It wasn't that, but that is one. Yeah. <laughs> People who are listening are like, it was this word, you guys. Yeah. And we're like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I think you can tell us. Yeah. 
<laughs> rationale. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially having a goal too, like what is it you're trying mm. to do? Yeah, like what what is it that you're trying to do? I think that's a really good point. <laughs> like what actually is your end goal? I know, it sounds so stupid because you're like, oh, great, I listened to this episode and these ladies were talking about like knowing what you're doing is helpful when you want to do something. I think it's so easy to lose that though because you you are right. like everyone's all wearing the 17 billion hats that you have to wear when you're running your own business and it gets overwhelming you're like oh I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and I oh now I have to do all this new stuff as well and come up with new ideas all the time and yeah, yeah I don't know I think it would be easy to sort of get lost in the weeds mm-hmm. lost in the woods either Actually, way yeah. Thing that I wanted to uh, drop before we go is like, mm. you need a new idea, like especially on the I business. I was going to say the same thing. Do mm-hmm. you need a new idea? Is maybe a question, or, or can you implement better one that you've not given yes. a good? Chance? Can you improve something you're already doing rather than mm-hmm. inventing the wheel again? Like you're looking for you... a shiny little squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. not working. I need a new idea. Sometimes you already have the idea, and you're like lacking on the implementation and the consistency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm nodding vigorously because that's yeah. me. Oh, <laughs> Even your camera's going. I know, my whole desk <laughs> is wobbling up and down. So yes, Michaela, yes. Yeah, and also don't think you have to always be creating new designs. Like, okay, think about just from a, a Hamo business perspective again, What's what do you want your business to look like? Do you want to be like a fashion house where you're constantly trying to keep up with fashion and creating new designs all the time and bringing out... Or do you want to be more like, I don't know, is there is there an alternative? Anyway, more like me, how about that? Um, and just have classic designs. You've literally been selling the same designs for 12 years and people keep buying them because new people keep finding them and they're still designs mm. that people want. And Going that comes down the, Sorry, I just have a fashion example. My friend here in Canberra, yes. she makes dresses and she came up with one style of dress that she's been selling for probably over a decade now. And mm-hmm. she just does new fabric releases Mm -hmm. she takes the photos to make the fabric herself so the main design is all done and then sometimes she sort of crowdsources out of a few like what people would like and Mm. it's not that often I feel like as well she just does it sort of semi-regularly so you can have Mm. that even if you're in fashion as the example Mm. that usually would be like this you know four new collections a year which is a massive big deal yeah you don't have to follow that model. Like no. you can work something out different that works for you for sure. Yeah, work a model that works for you. If you, you know, is your business model bringing the same customers back over and over or is it bringing new customers in? Because mm. the second one is what I do mostly and it's a lot easier because you don't have to keep making new designs. You just have to keep marketing and bringing new people in, which is, again, can be difficult. Yeah, so there's pros and cons, yeah. pros and cons to both approaches. <laughs> but. Yeah, don't feel like you have to make new designs just for the sake of making new designs. Like mm-hmm. your your business is not going to tank, generally speaking, just because you're not constantly releasing mm. new designs. Yeah. Iterate the designs you have. Yeah, do different colorways, like whatever. Like don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel every single time. It's okay. And don't ever feel like you've run out of creativity or run out of ideas or run out of inspiration because you haven't. You may feel like you have for a short period of time, but it won't last. It never does. Mm-hmm. Just keep plugging away at what you should yeah. be doing and it'll come back. Exactly. Just need a break as well. That's right. Yes. That's it. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. That was not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> I just, damn, see how powerful good marketing is. Just stick right. it in your head like that. Oh, boy, I have a Kit Kat. It's just the best slogan. Everyone knows it. I could, I could go for I one right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
Like that's been around for decades. Mm, <laughs> yeah. work. They're trying to see, Beth trying to reinvent Kit Kat many times with those chunky bars and all. Uh-huh. Then we all prefer the original. <laughs> I like the Kit Kat chunky. Oh, I was a big, <gasps> big supporter of those. Really? No, I like the, the one was a full little thing that you break. Mm. You know? that, mm. it, the original is the best. Yeah. See, this oh. is like Tim Tams, double coat Tim Tams are the only Tim Tams now. Mm. Get the originals anymore. Oh, I don't think okay, I've had those. No, what? I can only eat one at a time anyway, though. They're so rich, but yeah, oh, but they're the best because I Tim Tam slam them. Like, I that's the only way I eat a Tim Tam. Explain so, because for our overseas <laughs> listeners what a Tim Tam slam is. So, because they're double coat, the chocolate is extra thick, which means they stay whole longer. Oh, okay. So, a Tim Tam. Oh my god. Okay, so, the, if you're an Australian, you can just switch off now because this is the yeah. episode done. Okay, see you later. Join our Patreon. Okay, thank you. Love you, bye. <laughs> it is a rectangular biscuit, completely like covered one in chocolate. Inch by two inches. Yep. Maybe? There are two layers of biscuit inside, and between the two layers of biscuit, there's like a layer of like chocolate. soft chocolatey yeah. goo. It's not actual. Cho- it's like soft. It's like nougat. not nougat, but, but sort chocolate. of like like an Oreo inside. You'd know what an Oreo inside mm. is like, but chocolatey, right? Yeah. It's the same sort of stuff. So then, to Tim Tam Slam. Because it's a rectangle, you bite off the alternate corners. So one short edge, you bite off the corner, and then you flip it over to the other short edge and bite the, the opposite corner off. So it's a rectangle. You've bitten the two opposite corners off, and then you take one. It's like a straw. You put one end in your tea or your hot chocolate, and then you suck through the liquid through the biscuit, <laughs> biscuit making it which makes exactly the inside right all gooey and warm and it melts in your hand and then you put it in your mouth and it's like a beautiful Enjoy. explosion it's of soft chocolate. It's not supposed to be gooey and warm. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's so it's good. Amazing. It is so good. You do feel really bad about yourself after having three of them because you're literally sick. It's so sugary. I can only eat one, yeah, at the time mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful treat. It's like you eat one you need to go running for like an hour pretty much to feel yeah. better. It's like 200 calories in one biscuit or something ridiculous. But that is delicious. That is an Australian classic. It's called the Tim Tam Slam. Google it if you can. I'm sure there's YouTube videos of people doing it. If you've ever flown Qantas in the last few years, they literally show it in the in-flight safety briefing. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> they have a guy doing it. <laughs> I love that when I saw it. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, we'll go now. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope that gave you a bit of, what's the word, reassurance, hmm. that it's, it's okay. You'll be fine. The creativity just you know make space for it keep working at it keep plugging away at it the ideas will continue to come and you'll continue to have good ideas and and refine good ideas over time Hmm. and yes if you want to support the show this show is made by makers just like you please consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month you can help become a co-producer of the show and help us to afford to keep creating this show for you head on over to patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M. If you become a certain tier of member, you can get an extra episode every month. You can get our little silly behind the scenes videos we do of uh, every episode. We kind of usually go on some random tangents and see our faces waving at you. And we also have some higher tier stuff. So if you're like a diamond tier, you can get a shout out on the show, for example. So thank you all for being here. We really appreciate you spending your time with us and we'll be back again soon with another episode. Bye. 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 Have we got anything else you want to say on this, ladies? <laughs> I, they both give me the wrap-up finger. Like, like, I just like, feel like I went on a big 
positive rant and now I'm done. I'm like, yeah, I think that's all I had to say. I've said what I needed to say about this.